You know, they gave me attention. They put me on a pedestal, told me what I wanted to hear. And, you know, they was always showing up. And I know it wasn't for me now, you know, but at the time, that's all I ever wanted, you know, is for people to to want me, you know. Yeah. So that's what really got me hooked into drugs for a long time. And then, of course, you know, selling drugs only lasts for a little while for anybody who does them. What's going on, everybody? My name is Mel, and welcome to Life Coaching by Mel. We're here every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. So if you're new to the channel, feel free to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell so you can get each of my videos. Hit the like button for me. Hit me in the comment section. Let me know what you think about this topic. And be sure to share it with at least one person or everyone you know. Do your boy a favor. We're trying to help the channel grow. And it's doing pretty well, but we definitely would love your support. What I love to do on this channel, ladies and gentlemen, is bring individuals on and allow them to tell their story. Uh, my story has been <laughs> on this channel a lot, and I, I resonate with a lot of different people. But it's also stories out there that may not resonate with me directly. And it may resonate with a lot of my audience members out there. And I believe... This one here does. It's a good buddy of mine. I've recently come in contact with a guy by the name of Cody Hale. How's it going, my brother? Doing good, man. How are you? Well, I'm, I'm doing well, doing awesome, man. I'm so happy to have you on. Cody and I met at a spiritual retreat uh, called Quest Life. And when I tell you one of the most amazing weeks of my life, but also some of the, met some of the most amazing men. Uh, that I can ever ask for. Cody was one of those. Cody was the the jokester and had all of us laughing all week long. <laughs> okay. But along with that, man, you shared a little bit of your story with me. And I'm talking about pierced my heart. Uh, we saw God through you throughout the whole week. So what I want to do, Cody, man, I want to allow you space, opportunity uh, to share your story. You have the floor. Go for it, my brother. All right. Well, obviously I'm Cody. And uh, I grew up a little different than a lot of people did. Um, I, I, let's see here. I guess I'd say that my parents were babies having babies, you know. So what comes with that is I'm not even sure they were in a relationship whenever they had me. So um, they were living their life. You know, they partied and they didn't really have room for a baby. And, but they got one. So um, I stayed with my mom for the first little bit, and then um, my dad, he was out doing whatever he does, and then um, my grandparents used to babysit me, and then one day she just dropped me off and never come back. So I was living with my grandparents, and then they ended up getting divorced, so I was just bouncing around everywhere. So whenever that happens, you tend to feel like you're a burden, you know, and all you really want as a child is for your mother and your father you know, to be interacting with you, love you, show you the ropes. And you, I didn't really have that. So with all that being said, um, I started making poor decisions, you know, never really knew who God was. I um, didn't really know, like, if I did do something right in my life, it was no different than doing something wrong in my life. Like, nobody noticed, nobody cared, you know, like, I could make straight A's and it was no difference than making F's. You know, yeah. and uh, I don't know. So I didn't really try to do too good because it didn't really matter. So when I got older, I got into drugs. You know, I was real bad. You know, I went to prison over it. Um, But what really got me started on the drugs is like when you sold drugs, everybody loved you. 
it was it was fake love, but it was the only love I really knew. You know, they gave me attention. They put me on a pedestal, told me what I wanted to hear. And, you know, they was always showing up. And I know it wasn't for me now, you know. But at the time, that's all I ever wanted, you know, is for people to, to want me, you know. Yeah. So that's what really got me hooked into drugs for a long time. And then, of course, you know, selling drugs only lasts for a little while for anybody who does them. The next thing you know, you ain't got nothing. You're bouncing house to house. You're stealing whatever it looks like, going to jail multiple times, going to prison. And then one day, I got out of jail and I told my grandma. My grandma's a, she's a good woman. You know, she's a real prayer warrior. She never gave up on me, but I don't know what I'd do without her. Yeah. And um, I told her, I said, Granny, if I get out and I get high, I'll go to rehab. You know, I got out, you know, at some point, like there's a part in you your whole life that wants to do good, you know, and I believe that's the Lord pulling you. You know, you might not know it at the time. I never did. But, you know, like when you're a kid, you don't ever grow up and say, oh, I just want to be a, a drug addict my whole life, you know. So finally I did it. I went to Teen Challenge in Missouri, and um, it was definitely a change. And most of it was good, like – they study you hard in the Bible, and that's when I really learned the characteristics of who, who God is. You know, like, I didn't really have an encounter yet, but I was hungry. You know, I got a seed in me, and I was studying. I was learning. I'm like, okay, Lord, if this is you, you know, this is real, because, you know, you have doubts. Like, show me something. You know what I mean? Yeah, And, you know, slowly I'm starting to get, like, characteristics of the Lord that I've learned through the Bible. Because I'm thinking, if I'm going to do this, I need to practice what it says, you know. Yeah. See if anything changes, you know. And then, um, of course, re no rehab's perfect. And uh, they work you real hard, you know. And they're not the best mentors, but they're a really good place to get away from everybody, clear your mind, and just get focused in on what matters, on you. Yeah. You and the Lord, you know. Mm -hmm. So I was probably six months in. And I'm like, Lord, I don't know if I can keep doing this rehab stuff. You know, it's starting to get a little damaging. You know, they kind of, the staff belittled me a little bit, and I didn't really like that. And I said, can I leave? Hmm. I'm like, oh. So I waited a day or two. He told me, son, if you stay or go, I'm going to be with you. Hmm. I said, okay, that's good. You know, here we go. All right, I'm out. Granny, you're going to have to come get me. <laughs> <laughs> She wouldn't, then my dad, he wouldn't come get me. Nobody would come get me. But Granny, she said, as long as you promise me, if I come get you, you're not going to get me high again, you know? Hmm. I said, all right, Granny, I promise. You know, I told you if I got out and got high, I'd come here. I came here. I think I'm at a point where it's okay. The Lord told me it was okay. So she came and she got me, and I got back, and everything was good. Everything was great. I moved back in with my dad for a little while. You know, my dad, he's sober now. He's been sober since I was probably 13. And, um, you know, I'm really proud of him. He's done, he's came a long way. I mean, there's some spots that we still struggle with as relationship-wise. Um, you know, like, he, I don't feel like he still thinks I'm a priority, you know, which is still damaging, but we're working on it. Yeah. So he let me move in with him. And my stepsister happened to live there, too, at the same time. And she was on drugs. And um, she was sneaking out. So one night, you know, I've been there for probably a week. She decides she's going to sneak out, and she gets caught by 
my stepmom's sister. And then my, the story comes out like this. This is how it comes out. It's not true. The I seen Kristen and Cody, they had snuck out, you know. Hmm. And I, I was mad. I was so mad. I, hmm. um, I was tore up. I was like, man, I ain't done nothing wrong. And you guys are telling me I did. Like, this is bull crap. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was ready to go back. So the very next day, <clears throat> a preacher, which is my uncle, you know, he's been long lost. But when I went to rehab, it's the same church that sent me to rehab that my uncle preaches at that I didn't know that I had. Hmm. So um, he, he pulls me in his office the very next day. He's like, Cody, the Holy Spirit told me that I need to ask you if you want to come live with me. Hmm. And that was my first like real moment that I knew God was real. You know, yeah. like, you can't just come up with that, you know? Yeah. And I said, Jerry, it's funny that you say that because tonight was the night that I was really going to sneak out and not come back, you know? Wow. And boom, I moved in with him. And this is just how cool the Lord is. Like, so he did that. And then um, Jerry, he took me in. I mean, he took me in as his own. When I say he moved me in, he fed me. He didn't ask me for nothing. He told me about how awesome I was all the time. Hmm. He taught me things I never knew. He showed me how to love. Like, he really got me planted. And, you know, it blew me away. You know, like, he really got me in with the Lord. He t- you know, like, told me that I was overthinking everything, that the Lord <laughs> loves me, and it's that easy. Yeah. And I just, I've been on fire ever since, you know. I'm thankful that the Lord put him in my life. It took one person that he put in my life to change me. Wow. And um, and now I work. I manage a store that he owns. And, you know, wow. I get, and it's really cool. Through all this, the Lord has reconciled my relationship with my son who lived in California. Mm. I was married um, at one point before this. And uh, it didn't work out too well. Yeah. And um, they lived in California, and I lived in Tennessee. But, you know, it, I wasn't sober two years, and they already moved back down here. I get to see them all the time. Um, I have another daughter. I have a a half-daughter, which is my daughter, or stepdaughter, should I say. Yeah. So I got a huge family, man. So I went from living on the streets, bouncing house to house, and the Lord has brought my family back together. I mean, restored my relationships and there's no other answer for it other than the goodness of God. Yeah. Man, it's incredible, brother. Man. Ooh. I, I mean, I just feel some of the energy inside of me, you know, just hearing yeah. that, man. Uh, so happy for you, brother. I, and it's crazy you started talking about your grandmother. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm horrible with names, but the, the gentleman that took you in, you said Jack? What's his Jerry. Name? Jerry. Sorry about that. Talk about him. The first question I had here was, who was someone that was the primary influence that, that helped that with that turnaround for you. So for you to say that, that's amazing. Cause it sounds like from your story, you were somewhat searching for just acceptance. Mm-hmm. And so what was it about that acceptance um, from Jerry that led to that, what you are now and to that, you know, to actually receiving that acceptance? Well, he, he's sincere. You know, like when I say he invested in me, you know, like he, he would buy me clothes. I mean, he would, he would, no matter what he did, he thought about me. He took me to more restaurants that I've ever ate that are, you know, decently nice. And it ain't yeah. about, the, it ain't about the money. It's just the thought. 
Yes. You know what I mean? He, he pushed me to go to school. I went to a welding program when I graduated. He let me work. He bought a paint store and he let me work there while I was going to school. And then, I, I mean, um, he included me in all family events. You know, there was never a gap. Like if, if he was doing it, he wanted me there. He wanted me to go to the gym with him. And he's still like that today. Yeah. And that's right. just, you know, like that's incredible to me. He, I know he was the, one of the first people in my life that I know who loved me. Whew. Brother, that hit me there. It's sad this has to be that way sometimes, you know. To, I know a lot of people watching can, can say that. That first experience with love sometimes don't come from the people that you think that should love you unconditionally. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, man, that's so awesome. I'm so happy for you on that, brother. So with this change in lifestyle that you, that you now have and, you know, the, the things you're building, when moments of feeling like you don't have that acceptance or you have moments of stress, how do you cope with that now, being that you're no longer on that drug? Well, to be honest, um, I do a lot of praying. And then I'll tell Jerry, like, transparency has kept me sober. If people want to know what keeps you sober, it's being honest. And when you have that person you can be honest with. If I get down, I'll say, Jerry, this person has ticked me. Or I am pissed off. <laughs> I will tell them I am yeah. pissed off. They have not done me right. Then he'll ask me. He'll say, Cody, are they worth stealing your joy? Mm. I'm like, he's like, have you, and just give it to the Lord. He said, they ain't even worth it. Yeah. You know, you're mad and all they're doing is robbing you. Are you going to let the enemy rob you like that? Mm. I'm like, dang, you know. And then the same with my wife. I tell her, I'll come home, I'll be mad. And she'll be like, Cody? Like, what? She's like, is it that serious? Mm. <laughs> I'm like, well, I like it is. <laughs> well, that's a big deal, man, having people in your life. And if I'm wrong, like, I'll do, you know, like, you know, you go to people who you want to have your back, you know, like, oh, they did this to me. Well, he'll tell me, like, well, you're dumb, you know, like you shouldn't be mad. I mean, like it's your fault and that, that's good to have, you know, you don't want somebody to say, Oh yeah, they're just sorry. I can't believe they did that to you. He'll say, well, what are you going to do about it? You know, is, are you going to let it run your whole day? Yeah. And that's powerful. Yes, indeed, man. I mean, that transparency is, is key in any dynamic, not just someone that's in recovery. It's you need that, you know, rather in the relationship or, your day to day, you know, for for me, it's one of the main things I even got from Quest, um, mm-hmm. having brotherhood, you know, that I can I can be vulnerable with, you know, it's something I have been seeking, honestly, my whole life, and not really knowing it, you know, because where I'm from, the church background I'm from, and my family dynamic, we held everything in, you know, sweeping on the rug, you know, some of the things that stay. What well, the motto for us was if it, if it's in the house, it stays in the house, you know, don't. Don't tell people your outside. I mean, your in-home business. Don't take that outside. So I learned how to hold things in very well, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but that transparency, it it not only helps you to get it out, but it really puts that mirror up for you as well. You know, it it, it makes you to see sometimes before the other person said like how dumb it may be what you're saying. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I want to ask you, brother. I know it may be on the spot here, but for for yourself, do you have like a life motto, like something you live by that keeps you focused? You know, maybe if Jerry's not available, your wife's not, not available, just something that brings you back to center. 
Yeah, um, like I said, I do do a lot of praying, you know, and, you know, I mean, usually, luckily, I ain't been in the situation where I ain't had nobody very much, you know? Yeah. But um, I always ask the Lord, I say, Lord, help me, show me something, you know, like, I'm discouraged, I'm scared, what do I need to do? And I'm telling you, every time I do, somebody will call me, and they'll talk to me, you know, like, or they'll ask me, how's your day? You know, yeah, and then you know, I'm really linked into the church now, too. So I'm just surrounded by good people, and that's a big key, too, is being surrounded by like minded people, people who are actually for you. Hmm. I mean, church is an easy place to get hurt, you know, because people have a lot of false expectations that Christians are perfect, yeah. But man, when people really care, they try, and you know, anytime anybody tries for me, it blows my mind because I ain't never had that. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like just the littlest try just makes my day. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes, indeed. Somebody come up coming up out of themselves just for the smallest things, like you said, can be so grand, depending mm-hmm. on the situation. That's big, man. Um, what do you believe is a driving force for your continued relationship with God? Because some people may you know, get what they need from God and just move on. You know, you know, some people being a tight, they say somebody got a gun in their face. Lord, if you get me out of the situation, I'll never do it again. You know, then <laughs> yeah. five days later, you back, you know, doing whatever it was. <laughs> what keeps you going with your relationship with God? I'd say whenever I know that, you know, some days that we're closer to the Lord than others. And when I get distance, things seem to get hard. You know, when things get hazy between me and him, things get hazy between me and everybody and everything. Yeah. So, I don't know. When things start sucking, you know, no matter what I do, it just sucks. Right. <laughs> and the people start noticing. This is the cool part about being surrounded by people who care about you and they actually interact with you. So, they know they'll come up to you, man. What's going on? Mm. Or, you know, you're being awful quiet lately. You good? You know, like, you ever need to talk, just call me. And then, of course, my kids, too, man. Family is a big deal. Like, you know, um, I'm not a perfect parent. But I'd say I'm a pretty good dad. Like, I love my kids. They keep me in line. Like, I wouldn't do anything <laughs> to lose them. Yeah. You know, and, it, and I don't ever want them to feel like they're not worth it. I don't ever want them to feel like, you know, dad's not got them. Because, you know, we got to reflect the Lord. And either the Lord's a good dad or not a good dad, you know. He's a good dad. There's no other option. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Speaking of kids, I want to ask you, not particularly your kids, I'm sorry, but mm-hmm. if you think about yourself, the little Cody uh, that was seeking that acceptance and, and wondering where the love is going to come from, if you had to have a conversation with yourself as a kid, what would you tell yourself? I tell myself it ain't my fault. You know, we tend to blame ourselves as a kid because we don't know. You know, like, we know that our parents probably have some issues, but we don't, all we know is that they're not there for us. You know, so it must be us if they don't want to be around us. But really, it's not, it's not my fault. Yeah. Man. Super powerful, brother. Super powerful. Someone watching this very well may be in a, in a position of either addiction or some sorrow in their life or just feeling alone or feeling that lack of acceptance. If you had to put a practical first step out there, something, the initial step step that they can take uh, to possibly maybe have that recovery or just to 
find that acceptance, what would that be? Well, I'd say maybe it's tough. I don't know if they have a support system. Obviously, you want to go to whoever you can trust. But the reality is, usually when they're in that situation, they don't have a very good support system, you know? Yeah. But there's not really a good answer. The best answer I have, if you're surrounded by a lot of people that you don't want to be like anymore, you need to find a way out. And there's lots of ways you can do it. You know, they have halfway houses. They have rehabs. And they're not exactly fun, but it's a fresh start. You know, a fresh starts they're good. I mean, change hurts, though. Yeah. In any situation, change is going to hurt, but you got to get away from them chains because that's all people are who aren't for you. They're trying to pull you back. So that's, you know, my advice is get away somewhere you can focus on you and rebuild. Yeah. How hard is that to get away? It's hard. Yeah. I've struggled with it a lot of times. You know, believe it or not, in my 10 years of addiction – um, I've tried to get sober a lot, and that was one of my biggest problems is seeing how these people are the only love that I've ever really received, and I feel important around. It's hard to leave them, even though that you know that it's fake love, but it's hard, you know, if you don't got real love, you know, you think it would be easy. You know somebody's using you, but boy, they're sure nice to you. It sounds like an easy choice, but when that's all you've ever wanted and they're giving it to you, it's hard to leave it. Yeah. It's going to sound like a crazy example, but my audience is used to it, so I'm going to go there. It's kind of like a man with a prostitute, you know? Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly right. I mean, you feel that love in that moment. Uh huh. Your wife's been nagging at you all day, so that don't feel like the real love, but she's giving you everything you need to feel validated in that particular moment. Mm -hmm. And you feel that, that that is real, but you know, we look at your bank account. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's you right. realize now <laughs> you're losing more than you're gaining, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. But it takes you a long time to realize that, you know, because you're just trying to fill this void. Yeah. That's exactly what you're doing. You're just trying to fill a void, and it's hard. You know, it's hard to think that there's something better out there when you don't know of anything better. If that makes sense. <laughs> Absolutely does. Absolutely does. Man, so just kind of wrapping up here, brother. Man, it's been a, a joy uh, to hear your story once again. A lot of details that I didn't know already that you, you shared. I uh, want to ask you this, man. If you had a message of advice that you would like to convey you know, to the listeners uh, as we wrap up today, just anything that's on your heart, just any final words that you may have. Yeah, um, for sure with anybody who's struggling with anything, man, just don't ever forget that you're worth it. You know, like it's, it's hard sometimes, but there, you're worth it. There's ways you can get through it. You're strong, you're brave, you're powerful. Those are a big deal. That's the way the Lord made you. Yeah. You're not an accident. No matter who you are, you are not an accident. Brother, you light up every room you come in. Uh Love you, man. It's just a joy, like I said, once again, being quest with you. Uh, the things to hear the guy say, you know, when you're not around, just to hear them saying great things about you and just to see how we all got to experience that together. And, you know, you stood out. <laughs> you stood out. Man, man, I love you, brother, man. And uh, look forward to everything that's to come for you. Again, I'm going to say this publicly. Cody, just married. 
He's part of the team. Uh, <laughs> right. Doing big things, him and his wife. So happy for you guys, man. Look forward to talking to you down the road, man. Man, I appreciate it, and I love you, man. I'm just glad to see you. Yes, sir. Let's go.